0: This is Maxime Bernier, leader of the People's Party of Canada. We must keep fighting all COVID measures until they are gone permanently. Join the fight at people'spartyofcanada.ca. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Rebel News Daily live stream on this a Thursday, June 23rd, 2022. I'm David Menzies and my co host, well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host. You know what, folks? Today is National Pink Day. She does not celebrate this day because pink, well, it's one vowel removed from pinko. And she really hates those cats. She is the she-devil with a sword. She is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. She is Sheila Gunn-Reed. Well, I... Sheila, you're looking wonderful, in it seems to be orange and black, certainly not pink. How are you doing today?
1: You know, I think it's mustard, and <laughs> thank you very much for noticing. <laughs> I'm sort of struggling with my outfit today because I'm filling in for Ezra on his show today, and so I came down into my studio today, and I had like a blue blazer on because I try to dress a little nicer when he les- lets me host for him. And then I realized his backdrop is completely blue. So I ran back upstairs and changed into yellow. And then my husband is like, you realize you're going to look like an Ikea, right? With a blue (laughs) backdrop. So I'm going to have to change one more time. But this is good enough for now.
0: Wasn't Blue Blazer the name of a wrestler once upon a time? Oh, maybe. I think so. Correct me if if I'm wrong, all you WWF or WWE fans out there. Oh, I'm
1: sure it's way before then. (laughs) Everybody who knew who that guy was is dead.
0: (laughs) Well, Sheila, uh, we have so much to get to. Uh, The news never stops coming in, even though so many of the mainstream media seem to be mailing it in these days. And when they go out in the field... um, they're easy to identify. They're the only ones wearing masks, sometimes double yeah. masks. <laughs> yeah. But they're not even following the science, which says that months ago the masks were removed. I, well, what are they so terrified about? I've actually spoken to some of them and they said, Dave, if I could, I'd take it off. But they, if we're seen in public, they want us to wear masks. Well, for optic reasons, not for medical reasons. Like, again, more insanity on the COVID file, but I better not get too deep into that swamp because that's the whole YouTube uh, censorious thug topic that they listen to very que- uh, carefully. So, uh, why don't you tell the folks the ostensible policy reason of what we're actually trying to attempt to do here today, Sheila?
1: I will. Um, and, uh, (laughs) Efron and Olivia, just, uh, I'm going to send you a a topic. I just want to touch on it lightly. Um, because as you know, uh, I think that Edmonton is a progressive hellscape. So I just like to talk about (laughs) the latest stupid thing that they're doing. And I like to watch Edmonton like from afar, like I'm, I'm so glad (laughs) I don't live there, but I'm always worried that they're going to like encroach my way. And one day I'm going to wake up and Edmonton's on top of me. Um, but I remain um, convinced that it, we should just District 9 it. Just go to <laughs> <this and> just <laughs> leave it there. Um, evacuate everybody who wants to come out and just, you know, leave everybody else behind. If you want to vote for the NDP, you want to vote for the Liberals, okay, great. Just do it in District 9. Yeah. Anyway. And then,
0: uh, and then to finish the District 9 comparison, Sheila, send in the likes of Elon Musk and all the other uh, rocket ship makers to form some kind of a spaceship to remove the district nine adherents back to their home planet, um, which is probably somewhere between Jupiter and Uranus. Anyway,
1: uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say just launch cat food over the fence. Right for them to eat, like that movie. Anyway, okay. um, this is the Rebel News daily live stream. We're currently streaming on YouTube, but as David Menzies just alluded to, um, we might run up against some of their censorship laws. So um, if we talk about, I don't know, the advice of a public health officer and we question it, and we don't uh, march um, along with the likes of Teresa Tam who advised us to... Um, if we're going to get busy, she said wear a mask. Do you remember that? By the way, she just got a raise today and next year 22% on her already inflated salary. 22%. But anyway. 22.
0: Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. COVID or no we're getting COVID? Getting the
1: pandemic wrong. We're she getting uh, the pandemic wrong.
0: Who, who gets that kind of a raise these days? 22%? I'm sure she's already making healthy six figures,
1: right? Oh, she's one. I think she is probably the highest paid bureaucrat. Um, but she got 22%. I know Anthony Fauci is the highest paid bureaucrat in the American government. I think Teresa or, um, uh, Dina Hinshaw is one of the highest paid bureaucrats in Alberta. Um, Teresa Tam. Yeah. Her reward for getting the pandemic completely wrong from the very beginning gets a 22% pay raise. And I think it might have a lot to do with that. She knows where all the bodies are buried at this point.
0: Yeah. You know, Well, you know what, this being Pride Month, uh, she's a champion of such language as pregnant people. This is a doctor, pregnant people. Unbu- yeah. and, wow, you really fail upwards in this country, don't you? A twenty-two percent raise. She for- should be
1: fired. <laughs> <laughs> she should be fired. She's getting like a quarter tacked onto her salary. It's outrageous. But anyway, fired. Some people think she about. should
0: be in jail, uh but that uh better not go too deep in those. We're weeds never,
1: <laughs> we're never even going to find out the extent of the things she got wrong. But I should tell. I should finish telling everybody what we're yes, doing because thank you. I went on the David Menzies style tangerine right there, so I should. Just <laughs> (laughs) just bring them back in (laughs) so to alleviate the fact that we uh, have to shut our mouths about certain things over on youtube we are currently streaming on getter but we're also on rumble odyssey and super you and the beauty of those three well those four platforms is that they don't care about your politics so let you say what you sincerely believe and let you speak your mind and let you talk about inconvenient facts and on rumble odyssey and super you you can go one step further you can engage with us here at rebel news by leaving a paid chat on rumble it's called a rumble rant odyssey it's a hyper chat and super you it's called a super you shout send us one of those Uh, The producers will send it to us in a little chat and we'll read it on the air and we'll do our best to address whatever it is that you want to talk about. And it's a great way to support the work that we do, but also have your say, because unlike the mainstream media, we don't take money from Justin Trudeau and we invite comments as opposed to turning off the comment section.
0: There you go. And I guess, Sheila, the number one story and uh, I addressed it. um...
1: Let me talk about Edmonton. Let me oh talk about right yes reason, please. okay
0: then what well,
1: before and, and, because it's so stupid and it just I was talking about this with my husband last night Edmonton is run by hippies who don't realize <laughs> that Edmonton is kind of a nature city and so they did this same, same sort of stupid stuff last year when they were not going to um they weren't going to trap coyotes anymore that were within the city limits they were just going to send people out to scare them and so they would sent these people out with ju- literally jars of pennies and balls. And so they were going to, if they came across a coyote, they would shake the pennies to make noise to scare them, which is just training the coyote not to be scared of people. They realize you're not going to hurt them, right? Like if they, you do that, like they are canids right like they they learn the same way dogs do it's the same reason we put out a hunting blind well in advance if we want to shoot coyotes is because we want them to get used to the fact that the hunting blind is there and it's not unusual so it doesn't spook them but they so they send people out with pennies to shake the pennies which just teaches them that loud noise in people over you know a series of contacts that doesn't actually harm them so then, then now they're not scared of people which makes them aggressive and secondarily they were going to throw balls at them i'm like so you want to teach them how to play fetch good job city <laughs> <laughs> great um, job uh,
0: sheila first question uh where do these hippies get the pennies from uh the penny has been out of production for almost a decade in canada well, who's got jars of pennies anymore And I'm
1: fascinated (laughs) that that's the point that you got hung up on there.
0: (laughs) 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 But are these hippies hoarding pennies from yesterday? But but the thing is, you're right in uh, by trying to kill them with kindness. uh, They're actually achieving the opposite. They're making these predators more canny, more aware um, of what they can get away with. They are going to embolden these coyotes. Yeah. And that's another thing I got (laughs) hung up with. What's with this coyotes? It's coyote as in Wiley Coyote, who I've always said has an incredible lawsuit pending with the Acme company for all the crap merchandise he bought from them. But anyways, um, this is staggering. Is there anyone on staff, Sheila? Because this is, and I'm not being funny here, who is armed because what if the coyotes don't get rattled by a jar of pennies shaking? What if they don't want to play fetch like Fido? And what if they encroach upon these hippies? Is there somebody there with, a, oh, I don't know, a weapon? Because...
1: Oh, I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. And so this is, I you know, I'm surprised nobody's had to learn about coyote nature the hard way, but... <laughs> <laughs> Moving along to the next year because Edmonton remains ridiculous. Yeah. This year, they are um, no longer spraying for mosquitoes, and they basically so. There's two ways to get rid of mosquitoes: spray, poison, and like mosquitoes are a thing in Alberta. Ralph Klein famously said, "Edmonton city with too many socialists and mosquitoes." <laughs> he was an <laughs> oracle. <laughs> because now we're dealing with socialists and mosquitoes. So um, uh, anyway, anyway, mosquito season. Okay, so um, <laughs> sorry, I flipped you guys the wrong article. So it's mosquito season. It's it's terrible in Alberta, and we just had like days and days of rain. Also, the city of Edmonton has decided that they don't really need to cut the grass in the ditches and stuff like that. So overgrown standing water end of june oh we're about to have one heck of a mosquito hatch so what does the city of edmonton do because they're run by hippies we're looking to bats and better education in lieu of mosquito spraying so the city managers are planning to install bat houses expand (laughs) monitoring of insect populations and conduct more public education. Ah, the more I learn about mosquitoes, the less they're going to bite me. Is that what they're telling me here? But anyway, (laughs) um, because they canceled the helicopter spraying program for mosquitoes. So this, and it's like, um, uh, $507,000 that they spent on aerial spraying. So, uh, pretty affordable actually considering that it's under it's just barely a half a million dollars and the government will blow that on a piece of art that looks like garbage so but their their new strategy is to rely on more natural control methods I am happy for the hippies in Edmonton to figure out the hard way that this is what you get when you vote for Justin Trudeau's former natural resources minister as Mayor Amarjeet Sohi and I just keep holding my breath for the day that nature reclaims Edmonton like Pripyat, the city that was right next door to Chernobyl. And then like nature just takes it back over. Um, this, This is ridiculous. Congratulations on the next outbreak of West Nile, by the way
0: they they're relying on bats. How about this Sheila? Why don't they hire a strong man, put him in a Batman costume, and instead of throwing batarangs at mosquitoes, he rattles a jar of pennies. Uh <laughs> if it works on the coyotes, just tell surely... them about <laughs> citronella.
1: Just go out there dressed in a bat costume and tell people about citronella, which hardly <laughs> works at all. But go do that and see. Just oh, see. And then the mosquitoes will not you. You
0: know. Yeah. And you know what, Sheila, I have to tell you, if this, I don't think this was a, um, a, a move of fiscal conservatism to oh, no. save half a million dollars. Because I'll close. tell you, um, it is a bargain at 10 times that amount to get rid of mosquitoes. These are vile Filthy creatures that are complete annoyances. Uh, I know there's some kind of master plan uh, for every animal on the planet. I can't figure it out for uh, mosquitoes unless it's just to provide bats with extra stuff to eat. Well, and- here's the
1: thing. Just before we go on, when people say like a helicopter program, and I probably used the wrong language here when I said spring because it's really not. People think that you're just coming with a cloud of DDT, which also gets a bum rap and you're just spraying everything. Uh, that's not what they do. What they do is these helicopters fly low. They drop corn cobs laden with this stuff, Paul, uh, like it's some sort of larvae side. Like it's a poison that kills the larva before it hatches. Mm. They come and drop these biodegradable corn cobs with this poison that only affects mosquito lava or larva into the standing water, and then they fly away. And apparently this is just a little bit too much for the hippies in Edmonton.
0: Unbelievable. Uh, you know, uh, what are they trying to do? Turn Edmonton into, oh, I don't know, Winnipeg?
1: <laughs> I mean, Like I said, let nature take Edmonton <laughs> back. I I don't care.
0: Uh, you know, Sheila, one last thing on this
1: file. Um... I'll vote for the bats. I'll vote for the bats <laughs> yeah. instead of Amarjeet Sohi. They seem a little bit more useful. I mean, they'll be more effective at doing their job. Um, than Amarjeet Sohi is at being the mayor.
0: Well, I guess we're going to have to have, what, a bat breeding uh, program? I mean, how many bats are there in Edmonton anyways? I mean, uh, what I'm saying, Sheila, are there enough bats to counteract the increase? Just wait till all
1: the bats are in everybody's (laughs) attic and they're freaking out and there's bat guano everywhere and it's high ammonia and it's destroying their houses and they've got bats in the rafters and everybody's having a conniption. And it's because the city said, you know what we need? Bats, instead of just dropping these stupid corn cobs in standing water.
0: Incredible. You know, I I can't figure out the city of Edmonton because I've, I have I lived for two years in Alberta. That's where I started my journalism career, such as it is, uh, out uh, two hours northeast of uh, Edmonton in St. Paul. And I always loved Alberta. I loved the folks I met there. I, I It felt like the most american of all the 10 provinces yeah. um and um this idea of loony lefty downtown toronto types getting a hold of uh your biggest cities um and i'm talking i'm I'm going back to when, when i was it was 1985-86 it, it would be something like out of a science fiction like what happened did a lot of people from the east migrate to uh Alberta and went into politics uh, Sheila
1: everybody works for the government in ever in Edmonton mm. it's the seat of government so it's just nothing but bureaucrats and public sector workers and it's where all the union offices are headed so um the that all those politics sort of permeate um the city politics however the federal conservative party is pretty strong, particularly in you know like the more affluent suburbs and and you know the more new development areas. Uh, so I just I don't get it. So there are some yeah. regions that vote conservative provincially, they vote conservative federally, and elect complete and total wackadoos municipally. I don't get it.
0: Well, I'll tell you if the agenda of the wackadoos was to capture the mosquito vote. <laughs> they have surely they succeeded. <laughs> they have got it. it Unbelievable. Well, well, Sheila, um, the top story, or what should be the top story, um, regardless of how many media apologists are out there uh, trying to spin this, is, of course, uh, the allegations that RCMP Commissioner Brenda Lucky, the former public uh, Safety Minister Bill Blair, uh, who, by the way, folks doesn't live in his the riding he represents in Toronto. He's in Forest Hill, which is very Tony and upscale. Uh, his riding is Scarborough, where, well, you know, there's a lot of crime. So you know, he he kind of yeah. detaches himself from that. And of course. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau himself. I'm not going to weigh in too much on this, Sheila, because uh, I discussed this um, vigorously with our colleague Catherine yesterday. Um, But what we see going on here is an absolute scandal. And I mean, so what else is new? I, I, I think it's almost as though the Justin Trudeau liberals get out of bed Every day thinking, what kind of scandal can we do and uh, see how we can get away with it? And basically, folks, the the nub of it was that there was an active investigation into the mass murder, into that massacre in 2020 in Nova Scotia. And Brenda Lucky was putting pressure on Superintendent Darren Campbell and the director of communications, Leah Scanlon those are Mounties, to release information pertaining to the guns being used. And um, Campbell and Scanlon, to prove that there are good cops, they were resisting uh, the demands of their superior, saying it's inappropriate. This is an active investigation. It could compromise the investigation. But at the end of the day, uh, Sheila, I guess it comes down to Justin Trudeau, doesn't it? Because here is a massacre that he can, you know, turn into a Liberal Party of Canada campaign ad, namely how bad guns are. Um, That's where I weigh in. I I think all three of these individuals should resign immediately. They won't, of course. In fact, they're denying the allegations and they're uh, spinning the allegations. So uh, what else is new? Uh, Sheila, what are your thoughts on what we're seeing here?
1: This is one of the grotesque, most grotesque things I think in recent political history that I've ever seen Justin Trudeau do. So he's standing on the graves of RCMP and on the RCMP failure to do things um, during the worst mass casualty event in Canadian history, the worst mass shooting. And instead of saying, you know what did the RCMP get wrong here? Why why was this guy even out? They didn't even consider that. They said, "What a wonderful opportunity for us." Yeah. And Brenda Lucky, Commissioner of the RCMP, said, "You're darn right, boss. What a great opportunity for us." The
0: yeah, RC- ne- Nova never Scotia. Let- Sorry, go ahead. Oh, so never let a good crisis go to waste. In other words, eh, Sheila? Yeah.
1: yeah. a a nova scotia i'm just reading from the national post article on this which is really damning a nova scotia rcmp superintendent alleged that lucky made a promise to the prime minister's office and then public safety minister bill blair who's the worst he (laughs) failed the city of toronto and they're like you know what you know that terrible job you did in toronto do that for the rest of the country and he did um Lucky promised that she'd have the RCMP release details from the investigation that tied into pending gun control laws and would, quote, make officers and the public safer. Showing integrity, the Nova Scotia RCMP refused to comply to prevent the investigation from being compromised. Good for them. Yep. Beyond this, a communications director with the Nova Scotia RCMP testified, under oath, Minister Blair, the Prime Minister... All of these people, they were weighing in on what we could and couldn't say. They were turning the investigation political for their own means right away, standing on dead bodies. The RCMP failed this community and these families. This guy should never have been out. And instead of saying, oh, my God, we got this wrong, people are dead, they pivot and come out and use it as an opportunity to come after millions Of lawful Canadian gun owners. They took their own failure and and deflected it at everybody else who did everything right in this country. Some 2 million Canadian gun owners. They thought, you know what? We screwed this up. Let's make them the bad guy. It's absolutely revolting. Um,
0: Oh, and Sheila, if I may interject, let's point out that the mass murderer, that firearm he had was not legally acquired. It was illegally smuggled. brought up from the United States.
1: It was and smuggled. And the liberals have done nothing to combat smuggling. Yeah. All they've done with your legislation is focus on people who are already doing the right thing.
0: In fact, he was on a watch list in terms of firearms from complaints, right? Yeah. So, you know, this isn't some, you know, duck farmer that lost his mind, went to his uh, gun rack and started mowing down people with his legally acquired rifle. No, far from it. And yet yep. it was all about, let's get, you know, the make and model of gun to have that be the poster child, if you will, for our big 1500 plus gun ban coming up. Because you see, we're trying to save Canadians. You're absolutely right. It, it almost sounds vulgar that they're standing on the graves of those 22 they are. victims. But that, yeah, that's what
1: they're doing. They're exploiting the deaths. of They saw it almost- as an opportunity. Yep. They saw it as an opportunity to push through this legislation. They went after 1,500 models. They took yeah. these guns and said, let's blow this up as big as possible. We've got 22 dead people. We've got a real opportunity here. That's what they did. Yeah. The commission's report indicates that Lucky took a different approach. She was making back-end pushes. She was pushing for legislation. It wasn't just that she was going along to get along with the Liberals. She became an advocate for gun-grabbing too that's not her role as the net na- the national police chief um she was pushing for legislation that fit the platform of the current governing party what does she want to be a senator or something um lucky i'm sure if we had given her one more four-year election cycle she'd be running for bill blair's job better well, believe it
0: you know what uh that's an interesting hypothesis sheila so who would be the worst public safety minister bill blair the former one marco mendicino aka ottawa's pinocchio or brenda lucky i mean wow what a choice
1: <laughs> mendicino is just the lying idiot um he's dangerous <laughs> because he's stupid brenda lucky's conniving and dishonest yeah she has zero integrity no ethics um it says uh Lucky was stepping far outside her role as police chief, wanting to use the tragedy to manufacture consent for laws. The Liberals hadn't even put forth yet. She was pushing the Liberals in this direction and the Liberals being lazy said, sure, let's do her. Um, Now the timeline here is also very damning. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's gun control laws were likely in the works before the shooting. I mean, it's Liberals are always trying to grab a gun in the background that should Should surprise no one, but the timeline here is damning. The massacre took place on April 18th and 19th. While the meeting where Lucky spoke of upcoming gun control laws was on April 28th, 10 days later, I wonder if the funerals were all over yet, Brenda, by May 1st, the Liberals announced a ban on 1500 types of guns without any gun specific details mentioned in the press conference. So evidently they weren't necessary. It's just and revolting. sheila it just now turns my stomach these poor families these poor oh, families being political tools
0: yeah they're that these families are being re-victimized in my view but here's the yep. thing um you know the National Post really sets the table there on how damning this story is um the three Stooges in um in you know, that the principal figures here are all denying the allegations, but that's what they do. Deny, deny, deny. I'm
1: sure there's a paper trail. I'm sure there's a paper trail. I'm sure there's meeting notes. I'm sure there's briefing notes. Um, And it looks like the people who were probably on the receiving end of many of these emails and briefing notes have copies and, and integrity because they pushed back. And so just wait till that's all on the table.
0: But you know, Sheila, here's my question to you. What do you want to bet in the days ahead when the editorials and the op ed pieces are being written by those in the legacy media, i.e., the media that is being funded uh, by the Justin Trudeau liberals? I'm guessing the narrative is going to be this Yes, maybe, perhaps there was some improper behavior by those in charge in terms of compromising an investigation. However, in the big picture, if this is about getting mean, nasty guns off the street, well, then what they did justifies uh, the means. I think that's what we're going to see, because especially from downtown liberal city media outlets, uh, they hear the word gun. And uh, th- they they need grief counseling. I think that's what they're instead of calling for resignations or firings, they're going to say the ends justified the means in this case.
1: Well, you know, look what came of the Agacon uh controversy. <laughs> look what came of SNC lavalin Yeah. Um, you know. These me too. Scandals. Me too. Blackface. Uh, blackface <laughs> uh, this stuff is just right there out in the open and. At the end of it all, Justin Trudeau seems to survive because he has the Praetorian Guard media, as Mark Levin likes to say, protecting him. And not only are they ideologically compatible, but they rely on Justin Trudeau for their financial survival. And so there's an extra incentive here to go along with Justin Trudeau to be outraged in the moment but then to say as you say the ends justify the mean and look how much safer canada is because duck hunters in saskatchewan are having a hard time um because justin trudeau has outlawed all their favorite firearms but i have a real hard time trusting the rcmp to uh police canadians and lawful canadian gun owners when they couldn't get this guy who had himself on a watch list they couldn't deal with him they're going to deal with 2.1 million other innocent people the good thing about all those 2.1 million people is they're actually law-abiding they've already done the right thing you couldn't deal with the one dirt bag
0: great and now 22
1: people are dead
0: yeah they they knew he was a clear and present danger to use that terminology and still he got away With that mass murder. By the way, when we're going through the laundry list of Justin Trudeau scandals, I misspoke. I said, me too. I meant the we charity. So we instead of me. There's
1: a me too in there too, because he did rope that journalist. (laughs) That's right. Rose. So, you know, that's fine.
0: Even when I screw up, (laughs) I come up with another Justin
1: Trudeau. You know, that's the thing. Like pick the liberal cause of the day that they are championing and Justin Trudeau has been on the wrong side of it and nobody seems to care environmentalism you know he's blowing through jet fuel like it's going out of style he's a feminist but he grew up that journalist he you know he's the most open and transparent government ever he's blocking access requests and uh blocking journalists all the time fighting journalists in court name whatever it is that he goes out in the media and says that that's who he is um, in practice, he's the opposite of all those things.
0: And let's not forget the fourth musketeer here, uh, Sheila, uh, namely Jugmeet Singh waving his finger, you know, shame, shame. And yet, will he and his party vote against this government? No. Uh, they, to them, the operative number is 2025. Operative, why? Well, yeah. because that's six years of service, for Jugmeet Singh. That means he gets a pension. That guy is despicable. Even yeah. in light of a mass murder, that will not change his mind for his insatiable quest to be living for the rest of his life off the taxpayer teat. Unbelievable. And if you're he, an NDP supporter, uh, you yeah. got to ask yourself why?
1: Yeah, he goes around talking about democracy all the time, but he's disenfranchised his own voters yep. who did not vote for Justin Trudeau. He's disenfranchised the Conservatives um, and he's skewing parliamentary democracy. Um, he's the real sticky widget here because Justin Trudeau is not capable of doing any of the things that he wants to do to Canada without the support of Jagmeet Singh, who incidentally brought his baby to the House of Commons yesterday. And I saw that. I've, I've had to take my kids to some strange places because I they've never actually even had a babysitter that they weren't related to. So I just, you know, like a, I'm a mom, I take my kids places, but I'm pretty sure Jagmeet Singh has a wife. Um, and uh, what was more odd about <laughs> all of it was there was a liberal MP who called Jagmeet's baby a, a like a little person or a little human or a small <laughs> human or something. And, and, he, not, and not in a cute way, just because... They didn't want to misgender the baby, which I think is a girl.
0: Yeah, be careful, you don't want to be uh, brought before a human rights commission for misgendering somebody, right? You know what this reminds me of? It's there's a brilliant movie, folks. If you haven't seen it, it's called There Will Be Blood, and it's about uh, the beginning of the American oil industry, and there's a con man going around trying to get people to give up their mineral rights because he wants their oil. He sees the future and um, he knows it's going to be oil driven. And what he does is he goes to an orphanage and he adopts a child, a handicapped child, the child's deaf, just so he can bring him along as a prop because when he does his sales pitch, he's hoping people will have sympathy for him because he's a widower. With a handicapped child, that's that's the vibe I got from Jugmeet sing in the I just house don't yesterday. Understand what
1: point he's trying to prove? He's rich. Have somebody watch your kid for a couple hours. You know what I mean? Like the look, again, I say I've taken my kids a lot of places where I just did because my yeah. husband works out of town and I'm the mom. I take my kids places. But he's infinitely wealthy. You're telling me you couldn't get somebody to watch your kids while you're in the House of Commons. So oh. your kid while you're in the House. Sure he could. Sheila, I know for a sh- point. He's a working parent. He's really relatable, can't you see?
0: Yeah, no, uh, uh, that everything is odd. done by design and you're right. This whole idea, look, I'm a working parent, which is false. I'm just
1: like you. I have the same struggles as you, yeah. except you're wearing a Rolex. So no, yeah. you don't. And I'm wearing a Fitbit, okay?
0: <laughs> and driving a BMW M3. Um, and yeah. the thing is, I know he has this staff because I saw it myself in yeah. on, rem- on Remembrance Day. Sheila, uh, Maurizio, and I were there to uh, cover Remembrance Day in Ottawa, and we were across the street uh, from Jugmeet Singh. But it was it was like a, I don't know, a wall of human beings uh, protecting him like a bubble in case there was some uh, impolite question being slung from a journalist. And there must've been five or six people in that entourage. And you're telling me not one of them could, uh, watch the kid during question period.
1: Look, and I'm all for putting your kids first. If your kid is the most important thing you do every day, great. Maybe you don't need to be a parliamentarian then. Maybe you don't like, there's this idea, this idea that you think you can do it all and be it all and none of it suffers. That's absolutely not true. I know this. I'm a mom. That's why I didn't even start this job full-time until my littlest one was in school full-time. Um, there, so uh, like, I'm happy that he sees his time with his child as important, his little person as important. Um, so maybe don't be a parliamentarian. You could just go spend all the time you want with your daughter. I think the nation might be a better place.
0: Well, Sheila, I always look for the silver lining, as you know. So let's be grateful that at least during question period with the little person, Jugmeet Singh didn't chest feed the little darling.
1: You know, and there's a lot. It gets a little (laughs) hectic and frisky sometimes in the House of Commons with the screaming and the jeering and the banging on the tables. I'm not sure if that's the best place for a baby.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The the baby uh, behaves uh, more politely and more civilly than many of the sometimes.
1: <laughs> sometimes the prime minister runs across the floor and elbows a lady in the booth. Oh, remember like, that things can happen there. Maybe yeah. leave the baby at home.
0: Yeah, it's not a safe space, me.
1: <laughs> like the, they're always complaining about decorum and we have to be more civil. Well, if it's so bad that you're complaining about it, maybe it's not the best place for your child.
0: Yeah. And you know what? We should jump ahead because speaking of children and speaking of uh, misgendering and all that other nonsense, I see. And you've got skin in the game here, Sheila. I do. The International Rugby Governing Body. uh, I thought they had already done this, but it says they they have banned transgendered athletes from competing against women. Good for you. You know, this topic came up the other day on uh, Toronto Talk Radio, and it was all about how people are getting hysterical over an issue that doesn't exist. That was the narrative. Uh, Of course, the females, the biological females on the panel I listened to, they weren't allowed to weigh in. It was just men. And there was another guy, he has a connection with the Women's National Soccer Team, and there's a transgendered... um, I don't even know what the pronoun is, a trend person, I guess, on that. And, uh, you know, it's really nothing to see here. Oh, no, no. There is a lot to see here. We've gone through it time and time again, Sheila, that with muscle mass, cardiovascular, um, testosterone, biological density bone density,
1: ma- bone it, density everything yeah
0: everything and uh, you know twas ever the case that there's been separate male and female divisions in every sport except equestrian and auto racing in which the horse and the car are the equalizers and we have seen failures like uh, leah thomas who was a mediocre male swimmer at best no, never going to get to the podium go into female swimming and she's uh, you know cleaning the field uh, in terms of uh, running away with victories. I say to the international rugby governing body, good for you. Thank God, Sheila, there is some strong men and strong woman out there that says we are not going to put up with this nonsense from and when I look at the radical transgender movement, I see a lot of mental illness there. We are not going to bend the knee. We are going to get a load of this because I thought you lefties love this. Follow the science, which is to say that a biological man cannot, especially in a high contact sport, which is rugby, compete against a biological woman because we're looking at serious injuries if we allow this to continue.
1: I see this as the peak, the pinnacle of misogyny. This is the pinnacle of woman hate, that a biological man can be a better woman than a woman, than me, than my daughter, who's over in Ireland right now playing rugby. That's right. Um, This idea that we should be perfectly okay with opportunities being stolen from high performing female athletes, their scholarships being taken, their sponsorships being taken, their spot on teams being taken after they've worked their whole lives. That we should be okay in the name of tolerance is outrageous. That is woman hate, I don't care how you slice it. When you are telling a biological man that he's a better woman than your daughter, who's trained and trained and trained for the spot she's in, that's outrageous. And I have to question why these male, biological male rugby players feel entitled to hit women all day, because at the end of the day, that's what this comes down to. They're going to get on a field where nobody is wearing equipment. The only equipment they wear sometimes is to protect for cauliflower ears, and a mouth guard. That's yep. it. Yep. They're coming into contact with women, smaller bodies, smaller bone density, smaller cardiovascular health. Their hearts and lungs are smaller. This is what we're dealing with. Yep. And I question why these men feel entitled to get onto a field and smash women like that. Where are hundred, they making up for it? it feels like compensating for something.
0: A 100 You know what? I think you're right. I think this is the ultimate expression of misogyny. Uh, And if we look at it further, I mean, at the end of the day, sports, it's just fun and games. It's the toy department of the department store, if you want to call it that. But in the bigger picture right now, especially in this country, thanks to Justin Trudeau uh, answering a question at a town hall meeting from a radical transgender activist, you have transgendered uh, you know well no, no actually they're not even transgendered they are biologically identified. Yeah, identified simply saying, yeah simply saying I identify as a woman bingo you're in prison with women right. that and you a lot can of these on. people
1: are in prison for crimes of moral perpeitude or whatever they call it
0: yes'
1: or lying for being dishonest like their their criminality often involves dishonesty so why wouldn't they lie about this thing either? to get an easy ride.
0: Yeah, and where is the feminist movement when it comes to that? Well, I met one uh, a couple of years ago, Sherry DeNovo, used to be an NDP, MPP here in Ontario. And I brought up about this whole issue of trans people in sports. And all she would do was bark into the microphone, trans women are real women. Trans women are real women. That's not a discussion. That's not answering the question. That's not addressing the inherent problems here. And as much as I say... Good for you, International Rugby Union, for having the balls to stand up to this insanity. Shame on you, NCAA, for being yep. such cowards, for letting that circus act, Leah Thomas, jump into the pool with real women and win those championships. They could have done exactly what the rugby union has done, Sheila. Here, I'll put, I'll, I'll put it out to you as a biological woman. I mean, look at look that. At this. Come on. What is this? The freak shows coming in to the the swim meet. Give me a break. Look at the size difference. Unbelievable. Sheila, It's just so
1: shameless. It's so shameless.
0: So if we can see the rugby union doing this, taking a just position, a scientific position, why couldn't the NCAA do so in the United States?
1: But I guess maybe rugby is not a completely woke sport yet. Mm-hmm. When you have people, you know, engaged in feats of strength um, <laughs> on a field with no equipment, it's a little bit of a different culture than a college swimming sport, right? Um, mm-hmm. I sent uh, the team in HQ this clip from 60 Minutes Australia, and they are interviewing a doctor, um, who is a transgender like male to female, still an athlete, I guess, um, a golfer. Um, and they're defending uh, Hannah Mouncey, Hannah Mouncey? Mouncey, Um, And this is a transgender. So male to female rug player um, who has now been banned from participating in the league. And Just watch this. It it feels like you're living in the twilight zone, especially the (laughs) remarks, because this doctor says the only people who seem upset about this is male, older male administrators. You mean like you, doctor? (laughs) But anyway, um, it's not older male administrators. It's female athletes and their moms like me. Anyway, watch this. I mean, it's just it's the twilight zone. It feels like we're being gaslit in real time.
0: Do you accept the AFL's argument that you do have a size advantage over some of your opponents? I think the biggest issue is not necessarily that I'm too big or too strong now. It's more, okay, you're already big, you're already strong, whatever. But what if you were to get into that elite training environment and they were to build you up, put on an extra 15 kilos and you just push everyone aside. But physiologically, that's just not going to happen. The people who
1: seem to have the biggest problem with this is male administrators, but the female
0: competitors (coughs) haven't raised their voices at all.
1: Lisa Watson knows better than most
0: what Hannah's going through. She's a doctor who specialises in transgender health issues and is also a transgender athlete. After two years of hormone replacement therapy, she says Hannah's body has no residual benefits from her time as a male. Prior to her transitioning, she had a V8 motor powering this big muscle frame. Now she's transitioned and her testosterone level has dropped and her muscle mass has decreased and her strength and uh, stamina has decreased. She's now got a little four-cylinder engine, so she's actually at a physical disadvantage give me a break that's enough this is madness
1: uh, watch that uh, like it's just the the neck like look at that person's neck and then look at mine i'm a a somewhat fit woman look the walking up the stairs it's like to say that this person doesn't have a biological advantage over the female athletes is crazy. I mean, it's just madness. You can see it with your eyes. And then to make the comparison that oh, the, they had a V eight, and now it's like they're running on a four cylinder. So that's what you think of female athletes that they're just some crappy Dodge Neon. Is that what you think? Like it's just, it's just so sexist and crazy. When you watch it, you've got no biological advantage. Well, are you ha- hard of sight? Like oh. you can see it. The well, rippling muscles across the chest. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, Sheila, first of all, um I'm just wondering if you can do the show solo for the next 5 minutes cuz I feel like I have to go and uh, boil myself right now after watching those two. But seriously, um of course, the doctor doing this regendering surgery or what you're whatever you're going to call it is supportive. <laughs> Because, as always, folks, follow the money. This is good for business. It's not oh, good for, sure. for female sports. It's good for his business. And if you think I'm going to call that grotesque facsimile of a woman her, you got another thing coming. That's what it's all about in that case. And of course, what a, yet again, what a softball interview, right? Just, you know, throwing out, well, some people think and not challenging, you know, the answers, you know, the propaganda coming from these fake females. And so I think, Sheila, we'll have to watch other sports around the world to see if we'll get a critical mass of what's happening in terms of the rugby union. Because I'll tell you, one of the, uh, the ground zero events some 20 years ago, because I, you know, back when Ezra Levant uh, ran Western Standard magazine, I would freelance from time to time. And it was a a, um, a story out in British Columbia where a male decided he's going to be a female mountain bike racer. Guess what? Yep. C- cleaned the, the clocks of all the female competitors. And the most grotesque story of all, and... and Geez, imagine that, Sheila, what we thought was a freak show come to life. That was just somebody ahead of the curve 20 years later. There was a major race in which he won, and they have the podium. He's in first place and two biological women in second and third. And the boyfriend of the silver medalist ran up to the podium and put an oversized T-shirt on her, which said 100% real woman. And for that, the second-place finisher was suspended by the Canadian uh, Cycling Association or whatever the governing yeah. body is for mountain bike racing. Can you imagine? For telling the truth, you are going to sit out so we can have this frank and female continue to clean the clocks of other cyclists. What a g- grotesque situation driven by, I think, wokeness and political correctness. Because there ain't no science here, Sheila. Because the science says this is offside.
1: And again, I reiterate the way I always do. I don't care how you live your life. I'm too busy working and taking care of my family to care how other people live their lives. That's right. But you don't get to steal opportunities from girls. I'm not even saying don't play sports, but you got to figure something else out because there are too many girls working too hard for their opportunities to be robbed of them at the last minute.
0: Sheila, I'm not kidding here, and I would actually tune in as a spectator or go see it live. We have male division, female division, and other. Anything goes. It is a sporting gong show. If you're a 450-pound ex-linebacker, if you're a 98-pound female, don't care how you identify, just throw them in one big ring uh, like it's uh, literally a circus. I would watch that. It would be so bad. It would actually be Well, good. I would hope
1: for something a little more structured than David Menzies' <laughs> um, gender-diverse Royal Rumble. Like, <laughs> I would hope that it was... a. But uh, again, like, this is what Linda Blade advocates for. Yeah. She says there has to be a different category. There has exactly. to be a different league. Um, everybody benefits from sport when it's fair. And that's the whole idea of sportsmanship. We have a word around fairness and being collegial and, um, and treating others with respect and admiring everybody else's achievements and making yourself better so that you can compete on an even playing field with somebody else. That's sportsmanship. This is the opposite of sportsmanship. You know, there has to be another way.
0: Indeed, Sheila. And all I got to say is this somewhere trans cat weeps. Anyway, uh, (laughs)
1: One more thing. We should get to one more story before we go. I I, I get so fired up. I think we have
0: comments too, but your choice, uh, ladies first, as they say, or is that, uh, I don't know, gender offensive.
1: (laughs) I'm still good with chivalry. Um, and I I get fired up on the rugby issue because the difference between male and female rugby is, I mean, just watch on a split screen, the female rugby players who are excellent in their own right. Versus the male rugby players, yep. the speed level is different. The hitting's different. And, uh, I say this as someone who's a fan of ladies rugby. Um, it's just so, so much different and it's just so dangerous for those girls it is. Uh, to be competing against a, a boy. Um, let's get, because it's in the YouTube headline, the China doesn't like conservatives. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, it's, I find this interesting that this is, a a topic now, mm. um, it, so it sounds like the Chinese government, a federal research uh, unit, whatever that is, when they're too busy looking for people saying mean things about Justin Trudeau online so that they can have their bank account seized, um, they actually did some real intelligence. And they, uh, the, they think the Chinese Communist Party has an information operation that is aimed to discourage Canadians of Chinese heritage from voting for the Conservatives in the last election. Um, thanks, tips. That's how Kenny Chu lost his seat. Thanks for showing up after the fact. This is something these people are supposed to be watching out for as the election's happening and putting a stop to it, right? Like that's elections integrity. But they're too busy cracking down on people who write uncomfortable books about the prime minister, like Justin Trudeau. They're worried about that. Yep. They are cracking down on truckers who are dissidents with regard to Justin Trudeau's COVID lockdowns. That's who these people are are keeping their gaze to instead China is intervening on behalf of the liberals and nobody seems to think it's um a, a big deal until you know six months after the last election they they report on something everybody already knew
0: and I know Aaron O'Toole he said what Sheila that this potentially cost the conservatives seven or nine seats it was uh yeah when
1: he wasn't costing them seats the chinese government was costing <laughs> yeah, them yeah seats. and by
0: the way there's absolutely even if he's right there's no way to prove that statement but if it did cost seats in close ridings, and we're looking at a liberal minority government i mean that's significant another seven or nine seats uh going blue instead of red once again we can never prove it but you know it's funny i'm, I'm listening to all the interviews um, on talk radio as I'm coming in today about this story, Sheila. And the one question none of the legacy media journalists or talk show hosts um, will ask is simply this. Why would the uh, the Communist Party of China or the government of China, well, they're, they're linked together. There's no difference. Yeah, yeah. Why would they be anti-conservative and pro-liberal in the first place? I think that's an obvious question to ask. And I think we know the answer. I mean, Justin Trudeau has stated he has a basic yeah. admiration for the dictatorship of China in terms of getting things done. And boy, is he embracing that tool book as he continues to clamp down on our rights, liberties and freedoms. But, you know, it's just appalling that the the elephant in the room isn't even addressed about this story.
1: No, I mean, and Justin Trudeau's Liberals, they claim to be, you know, the world's climate leaders. Um, But they also had that joint committee funded by the government. They were funding this part of the Chinese government that was like their climate task force. The Chinese government's climate task force basically was being funded by Canada. And they, you know, they cracked down on Canadian oil and gas. They don't advocate for export pipelines. They attack Canadian coal. Canadian electricity has to be green, thus more expensive, which hurts our manufacturing sector, it hurts consumers, um, but they turn a complete blind eye to all the things that China does. I think it's one new coal-fired generation station a week. Yeah. Uh, they're the world's largest consumer of coal. And uh, in Alberta here, where we use clean coal technology developed in part by uh, the oil sands, they use oil sands technology um, in the in the scrubbers, and uh, we're not allowed to use coal anymore because Justin Trudeau said so, you know. Um,
0: and, and Sheila Sebastian Vettel said so too, the Formula One yeah. driver that wears a shirt to Canada. The guy whose country's sea.
1: buying all the <laughs> natural gas from Russia. Yeah, thanks.
0: <laughs> it's like how do you make sense of this? Unbelievable. Well, we do have some chats I'm sure to get to. We do. before the show ends. So. If you can take it away, Sheila Gunn
1: Reed. I feel happy that we got to everything in the YouTube headline. Because oh, yes, that's important. I get the emails. So, I know. so um, <laughs> all righty. So, we've got Sojourner gives us five bucks, a 22% pay raise, which this is re- with regard to Teresa Tam. We're all sacrificing. We're all in this together. The common good, not. Yeah. These mm. people who are telling you that we're all in this together, they're in it for themselves. We're in it together. Not yeah. them. They're over there. The optics uh, stink
0: and- uh, for sure. And by the way, Sojourner, is that, isn't that? that the name of Thor's hammer? Or do I stand oh, corrector her here?
1: <laughs> I don't know what Thor's hammer's name is.
0: <laughs> I think Thor's going to be uh, a chick in the next movie. Of course. Because they did that in no, the comics. And it's working so well there with comic sales just plotting.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think Pixar is learning a hard lesson right now <laughs> with their, like, Buzz Lightyear thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you take a movie and a concept that's just completely played out after 20 years of just cranking out movies about the same thing for the sake of it. They've taken this, like, cute movie, beaten it to death, and then made it woke. I can't figure out why nobody's watching anymore. Like, and I, I don't know. Say- maybe the first two were okay. Okay.
0: And you know what, Sheila, if Pixar ever does a live action movie of Buzz Lightyear, I suggest our colleague Adam Seuss plays the title character. Have you ever, don't, don't you think there's a resemblance like, there? I don't know yeah. if we can later on put up a picture of Buzz Lightyear and Adam Seuss, but I'm telling you. They have the
1: same like square <laughs> jaw and everything. Yeah. The, like barrel chest. He's barrel-chested like a wannabe female rugby player. Um, okay, Annalisa1964, this is David Menzies' fan club president. She says, uh, she gives $20. That's great. Thank, Thank you, Annalisa. You. I, I I poke jest at you every day because, well, <laughs> I don't see what you see. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, hello, my two favorite Rebels. I missed the show yesterday, but I heard it was National Kiss Day.
0: yes. Not, not to be confused, by the way, Sheila, with International Kiss Day. That's in July. And I believe it's January 12th. Please make note of this, uh, Sheila and Annalisa. Um, January 12th, I believe, is International Kiss a Ginger Day. <laughs> so t- take that information and do with it what you
1: will. <laughs> You're a ginger. My husband's a ginger. Um Anyhow, Sheila, would you be so kind and give my sweet Menzies a big (laughs) smoochie-woochie for me? I've never been so pleased to work in Alberta than exactly this moment right now. I would love to, Annalisa, but I can't.
0: And and I know uh, Sheila's uh, dear husband works in the oil sands, which I'm sure he could probably take me one, two, three, just like that. So I'm going to stay in my safe space of the greater Toronto area.
1: Only the people who know me in real life know what my husband looks like. And, um, just a regular guy, (laughs) regular guy.
0: (laughs) That might open a can of whoop-ass if you, uh, get anywhere too close to his wife. So (laughs) he's currently
1: working on a golf cart in the (laughs) garage, (laughs) brought a golf cart home from a farm sale and he's not done any actual work. Around the house <laughs> since that stupid thing came home. Anyway, enough about my complaining. Aquas Guys three six three six two dollars. Apparently, Michelle Rempel got okay to run for UCP leadership. I did see that because she you have to hold a membership for a certain amount of time before you can run for leader, unless you can get the party to waive that, um and they did. Now I'm not. I don't know how serious she is about actually running for leader. Um, I think maybe she said she was running for leader as like, a, I got to unhitch my horse from the Patrick Brown cart. And <laughs> maybe this is the best way to do it um, by abandoning that uh, sinking ship and then saying that you're contemplating running for the UCP leadership while also not running for the UCP leadership. We'll see. Um, I don't know.
0: But but Sheila, know. here's the question. I, you know, I, I buy into your theory, by the way. Uh, create a convenient excuse, but what in blue hell was Michelle Rempel thinking? I have no idea. <laughs> attaching her her wagon to that Titanic uh, captain Patrick Brown. I mean, uh, I mean, you're you're closer, you know, to these uh, Alberta baseball. T- I don't know. Called, no,
1: I have no idea. I've no <laughs> no clue. I don't even have an inkling. Why? I have absolutely no clue. No, no clue whatsoever. I,
0: Incredible.
1: Yeah, I, I have absolutely no clue. um Becca Henderson, a buck, was discussing that Trudeau took on, stood on the graves for politics, just like he visited the Indigenous graves for a photo shoot, but went surfing and ignored Indigenous people in the holiday he created. Oh what yeah, an excellent point.
0: I, I almost forgot that, about that.
1: Yeah, he went to that. Uh, well, it wasn't uh, a mass grave. No, but before he went to Tofino, Uh he went for the photo op in Saskatchewan, where the graves were rediscovered. It sounds like it was a a neglected cemetery. Um, And so he stood there with the teddy bear in hand, got that photo taken. Then he takes off surfing in Tofino on the day that he created to remember residential schools and wouldn't meet with anybody. He's just ridiculous. But you got your holiday, so quit asking him for stuff, okay?
0: Yeah, boy, talk about leading by example on that particular national day of mourning. We're supposed to go surfing. We're supposed to embrace water sports. What a disgrace! I, I yet again, uh, it, you know, we went through that laundry list of Trudeau scandals. We had forgotten that collectively, yeah. Sheila. They, there's so many, right? I that, know. Uh, uh, but it's I, hard.
1: It's hard. We should write a. <laughs> Book or at least keep some sort of spreadsheet um because people forget yeah they really do uh becca henderson gives us a buck and says it's a complete lie that women haven't stood up to men in women's sports the women who had been demonized scared other women who wanted to stand up that is an excellent point actually there are some women who do stand up um but Pretty quickly, as David points out, even if um, you're engaged in even a little bit of activism about, you know, like maybe you shouldn't be able to give me a concussion on the field. um, They they are the ones that get attacked. They are the ones who who end up, you know, with their career destroyed. But at the same time, if you are catastrophically injured, isn't your career destroyed anyway?
0: Yes. And here's the thing. What we need is critical mass because what are the sports authorities going to do? Fire all the biological female athletes. For example, in these NCAA swim meets, Sheila, when you had Leah Thomas, that male competing against those biological females, my fantasy, which never came to fruition, was that they would all line up waiting for the starter's gun to go off to dive into the pool and the starter's gun goes off. And Leah Thomas jumps in the pool and all the other real woman swimmers just walk to the dressing room. Well,
1: you're going to lose anyway, right? Pardon me? What difference? Oh, yeah, they're going to lose lose anyway.
0: Anyway, But what a statement that would make. And, you know, and to show what a circus that is, that Leah Thomas wins a race in which only Leah Thomas was the competitor. I think that might have started some wheels moving because... It's an embarrassment for uh, the NCAA, you know. And so that's what we need: is critical mass to stand up to the lunatic fringe. Yep.
1: Yeah. Um, Mandy nineteen seventy one gives us, gives us, us a buck and says, "Will you be covering the James Top meeting with federal representatives? They are telling the truth to the Canadian public." Well, uh, oh, what just happened there? Um, we did have a journalist yesterday at the arrival of James Top in Ottawa. Um, so, uh, stay tuned for that. We had William there on the scene. So he's just ripping it up in Ottawa. Like I said, there's going to be, uh, liberal MPs who are just like wearing disguises, like wearing Grocho Marx <laughs> <laughs> disguises to hide from him because, um, he's basically running up to the street. Anybody wearing a suit <laughs> on the streets of Ottawa, he's going to talk to them. And, um, he's really, he's gotten quite a few and caught them, um, really off guard where they oh. say some. Oh, uh, they uh, either say it, honest things or they screw up completely.
0: Oh, um, Sheila, uh, a fake nose, mustache, and glasses. That's not going to uh, fool our William, who's really hitting it out of the park there. Uh, I'm thinking full burka. You know, maybe that might uh, throw William off the scent. But you know, <laughs> he's doing a great job there.
1: <laughs> he's doing a fantastic job. He's And, like, he just started with us. Yeah. And it just shows... How lazy the media is in Ottawa! Like the liberal MPs are just out there on the street. All you have to do is go talk to them. Oh, they Sheila, don't.
0: I, I'm afraid, my dear, you're wrong about that. It's not laziness. It's not biting the hand that feeds. Right. It's compliance. Right. They know what's going to happen to them if they ask impolite questions, and which is to say, they won't be asking any questions no. that much longer. Uh, That's the right. You know, the the attack dogs, the pit bulls, they've become trained SEALs on Team Trudeau. It is pathetic.
1: I see this. Maybe uh, we can dig up that. It, Efron, I haven't seen how, um, or Olivia, a couple of comments down about a water fountain lifeguard. If that's a thing, maybe you can find an article because I'm kind of interested in learning about that. I thought I knew all the dumb things Edmonton was up to lately, but I didn't oh, learn about that. Wh- what do you mean? Uh, uh, who? Who's... We'll get to it in a second. <laughs> 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 Becca Henderson gives us a buck. China doesn't like the conservatives. More reason to be conservative. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I, I said something like that in the morning meeting. Somebody was <laughs> complaining and they said, Sheila, call off your dogs, meaning my journalists, and I said, that's how you get more dogs. Also, don't call the journalists dogs. <laughs> but, and,
0: and, but yeah. And also, I mean, talk about, you know, a dubious endorsement. The Communist Party of China endorses the Liberal Party of Canada. Wow. Not just
1: endorses them, goes out of their way to spend resources and expend resources to meddle in Canadian politics on behalf of the Liberals. And goes a little further than endorsing, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> Incredible.
1: Uh, Joyful from the heart gives us a buck. Hope this makes it in. Do you think we can do something? A petition to get the VAX requirements for truckers removed? It isn't fair. You know what? I think there might be something in the works. Um, And I know that they are finally re-examining the VAX mandate for our military. Because while the bureaucrats in (laughs) Ottawa were allowed to go back to work uh, without getting the jab the military were still required to. After we already, we the federal government made sure that they all got the Moderna vaccine, um, which was ultimately then not recommended for people of mil- men of military fighting age, which isn't that convenient.
0: Sheila, how is that possibly justified? That the pencil neck geek bureaucrats, That's what uh, I'm saying, have a different <laughs> standard from the actual soldiers that might have to make the ultimate sacrifice. Um, this, where's the science? Where, where, where's the political reason for that matter? What is the rationale for this uh, double standard?
1: I would suggest that still, even though it's changing and getting so insufferably woke, at least in the upper ranks and in management, the majority of people in the military probably wouldn't vote for Justin Trudeau. So what's the political price to pay? Whereas bureaucrats generally vote liberal. Or you know what, BP. Sheila,
0: you've done it again. I never thought about that. But that is how crass and vulgar this government is. I think you're right. That's the only thing it's, that explains this.
1: It's why the VAX mandate remains for cross-border truckers, too. Yeah. You know, same yeah. reason. Um Uh, The Grouchy Fish gives us 10 bucks. Well, thanks. You two are great together. No matter how fired up I get about the issues that are plaguing our country, you always find a way to make me laugh. Oh, well, thanks.
0: Oh, Grouchy Fish, thank you. But believe me, Sheila and I, on the inside, we're crying.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, then, uh, somebody else writes, uh, Michelle Rampole Garner is no longer running for UCP Alberta premiership. I don't think she even officially announced that she was <sighs> running. She just said that she was considering it. And then they got that rule wave to make it look like she was serious. And, um, but I, I think it was just like her escape oh, hatch. Yan- like she pulled the shoot.
0: And I think that was a message, uh, going to super producer, Olivia A message from Yankee in Florida, um, ah you know, who's more on the ball than us in Canada, evidently. But boy, that, that leadership race, uh, that that sure didn't uh, last long, but it just proves your I theory. didn't think it was
1: serious. I this didn't is... think it was serious. It was like, oh, I got to find a reason to distance myself from this catastrophe. Well, you know Patrick what, Trump. but
0: you you guessed it correctly. You know, give yourself a Barry Horowitz pat on the back, Sheila gunn
1: thank you uh nice and shiny gives us a buck and says thoughts on edmonton water fountain lifeguards is that a thing or are you just making fun of edmonton because they're awful okay oh my god lifeguards at edmonton city hall water fountain generate mixed reviews uh wait a minute you cannot
0: am i i I, okay is that is that what a water fountain is it's not a drinking fountain
1: no it's just uh, like look at how the little boy running in the background it's literally at your ankles that's in front of edmonton city hall what is it it's one of these stupid bureaucrats gonna fall in there and drown in a three inches of water like look they put a lifeguard there
0: uh, unbelievable you know Edmonton, at least- you're the
1: worst i i make fun of edmonton but i mean they're beyond parody
0: but sheila do you remember uh, speaking of parody and beyond it do you remember how two years ago I went to cover uh, the Coburg Beach, which is a beautiful stretch of beach? Uh, Coburg, of course, where our beloved colleague Tamara Ugolini lives, and uh, I went into the water, which uh, because there was a loophole, if you went entered through the beach area, you're going to get smacked with an $860 ticket. But if you went down the slippery rocks, I think that was somehow designated federal land, and the bylaw didn't have uh the uh, bailiwick to give you a ticket so i got closer and closer to the beach and i'm walking along in the water and there's a bylaw officer walking parallel with me looking at me and we're having a conversation and i asked him i said how far how close to the beach the actual sand do i have to come before i'm in ticket uh territory and he said the rule sir is If I see your ankles, you're going to get a ticket. So I had to make sure there was enough water covering my ankles, which isn't a lot of water. What's that? Maybe four and a half inches of water. And this guy, like a hawk looking at a trout, was eagle-eyed watching my ankles because if he spotted them, that's a ticket. Welcome to clown world, folks.
1: Holy cow. (laughs) If they need any lifeguards to help with the ankle deep water, Edmonton's probably got a few. I I'm, imagine those lifeguards are making a pretty penny too. <clears throat> Jorgie Jorgie gives us a buck and says, "Women's sports is women's sports. Men's sports is men's sports. There should be an open league as well. Easy peasy." Oh, Alberta question for Sheila. What are Danielle Smith's odds? Mm. I think she's probably the front the front runner. Mm. And uh, the. That's the thing about Albertans. We're actually pretty forgiving. If you actually admit (laughs) that you did something wrong. Many of many people forgave Jason Kenny when he apologized for naming some businesses essential and others not. And he said, like, I made a mistake and everyone's like, look, he's owning up to it. Let's, uh, let's see what he does next. And then he locked us down again. So, um, you know, (laughs) she made that catastrophe of a decision way back in, I think, 2014, um, where she decided to cross the floor to join the PCs she paid for it at the, uh, election. And then, uh, she has spent probably seven years trying to redeem herself of that. And I think people see that that's probably sincere, Um, I don't have a favorite in this race. You'll never ever know who my favorite is anyway. You might know who I don't like, but you'll never know who my favorite is. Um, but I do know that she is the only one so far who said that she would immediately have an amnesty for the COVID tickets and fines, Hmm. um, for the pastors, but for everybody too. not only that, she said she would go one step further and say that she would go on an apology tour, uh, all across Alberta, just to say, um, because people need to hear from the government that they got it wrong and it won't happen again,
0: yeah. I so. mean, I bet you if any politician in Canada could reverse the time space continuum, it would be uh, Miss Smith for that crossing of the floor. what a crucial terrible error in judgment that was
1: I think uh, I just gonna notice on my um internet connection is unstable so hopefully i become unfrozen and you can see me fine and we'll finish up these uh mandy 1971 gives us a buck and says i watched the trucker rebellion coots movie last night on the big screen at canyon meadows cinema if you missed it um it's showing there again on the 29th um in calgary it was really good i wish that more of the conclusion would have been included in the movie well interestingly enough we are working on a docu-series, our Sid Fizzard, who you saw in the movie there, right until the very end. And uh, he's working on a docu-series um, wherein you'll be able to see his footage of just how things played out after that time. Uh, Mandy 1971 gives us a buck and says, you guys, you for all the work that you... Do. Yeah, we're okay. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> we're <you>. fine. Yeah. <laughs> January 777 gives us five bucks. Comment. If Alberta was its own country, easy for the people to come together.
0: And demonstrate should the government go sideways as it stands. The libs can't get away with everything they do. Um, well, you know what? Uh, it's a good question oh. in terms of, oh, do we have Sheila back?
1: You know, Yeah, uh, I'm back.
0: Sheila, how... <laughs> Like, seriously speaking, if there were a referendum today in terms of Alberta separation, what are we talking about? Is that is that in the realm of possibility, 50% saw, plus one?
1: Yeah, I saw some polling that said that well over 50% of Albertans expressed some form of separation sentiment. Now, what does that even mean? Does that mean we want the same deal as Quebec? okay. Does that mean that we are going to be our own independent country? Does that mean that we're going to join the United States? Does that mean that we are just like a territory of Canada, but working more autonomously within confederation? Who even knows? And that's the problem with the um, separatist movement is they haven't actually said what they want to do. (laughs) <laughs> and so you need to tell people what you want to do mm. and you need to tell people that you've already examined like what to do with the RCMP what to do with the military what to do with taxes what to do with the pension plan all these federal assets that are in our province how are you going to figure that out and i don't think anybody's reached into quebec for their expertise and said how how did you guys how did you guys figure that out to answer that question in advance of your referendum, I don't think the Canadian or the Alberta separatist movement is anywhere near there yet.
0: Uh, I agree. And I think looking at the Quebec situation, it was what, 1976, I think the René Levesque led PQ government came to power on the promise of we're going to go for a referendum on separation. And um, I think the first one might have been 1980 uh, and it failed. But, you know, it was interesting to see the wording of separation change uh, after the first referendum failed, because you might recall, Sheila, they started calling separation sovereignty association. And what that really meant is that, well, we're going to be our own country, but we're still going to be taxpayer supported by Canada. We're still going to keep our fingers in the till. Uh, Nice try. That ain't working either. Right. So, uh, but I, I think Maybe because of demographic changes in Quebec, I don't think Quebec would have the sufficient critical mass to have that 50% plus one anymore, Sheila. They couldn't do it twice, Uh, 80, and I'm guessing, was it 94 or 96? Um, Don't quote me on that. But if they couldn't do it then, I don't think it's possible now.
1: Well, and I think whether they want to admit it or not, they live and die on transfer payments. Yeah. And so, well, that's know, where the sovereignty association
0: vincle. comes in. We want to, yeah. you know, we want to make our own little country and, uh, maybe our own little funny money, but we still want those Canadian dollars to keep coming through. You don't mind. Right. do you?
1: <laughs> and I would like a sovereignty disassociation <laughs> where Quebec can figure out how to get money from some other province than yeah. Alberta. <laughs> um, Okay, so red eye records gives us two bucks. Pierre Trudeau was prime minister in 1974 when and who destroyed the province's ability to borrow interest-free from the Bank of Canada for infrastructure and development. What is our debt now? Well, I can answer your last question. What is our debt now? 1, 172, 897, 000, is dollars No, one trillion one hundred dollars <laughs> oh, my God. It's I can't even say all these numbers. Uh, $1,172,897,853,456,789,000 and change. My share, by the way, of the federal debt is $32,000. Our growth of debt per day is about $145 million per hour. It grows a little over $6 million per hour.
0: Sheila, next time you recite figures like that, if you don't mind, could you put your little pinky finger up to your uh, lips uh, just to get the full Dr. Evil effect,
1: okay? <laughs> yeah, and if anybody out there is interested, go to debtclock.ca. It's an initiative of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. If you want to know how screwed we are, just go there. And <laughs> if you want your mood ruined, just go there for a second. Sad it is sad okay let's keep going uh mandy 1971 woohoo i will definitely go and see it when it comes back to calgary yep it's on uh june 29th canyon meadows cinema i think it's uh 7 30 but if you go to canyon meadows cinemas cinemas cinemas.ca you'll find the showtimes there uh january 777 sheila the app the alberta prosperity project has all the answers to the concerns you mentioned regarding alberta independence yes i did see that um I think, though, my comments were more with regard to the separatist political parties. Uh, There's sort of a a fracturing of those, and none of them have really done a, a good think on what they would do tangibly if Alberta voted to separate. And if you want people to buy your ideas, you kind of have to tell them what they are in advance.
0: Sheila, if Alberta were to separate and you form your own currency, uh, whose face or what image goes on the $100 bill?
1: Ralph Klein, percent Okay,
0: it's right. <laughs> <laughs> a no-brainer. Um, but uh,
1: I'm not going to, you know, like uh, I've we've talked about this before. I don't necessarily have to wait for Alberta to separate. I can just make my own micro-estate. That crazy guy in Australia <laughs> did it. He made a lot of money just having people come in and he would stamp their passports and then they would just go back out. They'd like come onto his farm, go to the passport office. And he would charge um, to stamp their passport. Just so they could have like their passport stamped by the, I forget what it was called. Hut River Principality. That's what it was. And he would they would have that stamp on their passport.
0: I, I fear for the future of that man, given the kind of uh, leadership in Australia. I don't know how He's they're dead. tolerating it.
1: <laughs> he died. Um so I don't know what happened with his sheep farm that he was mad about but um he did pass away sadly. Um I think that's everything I have to uh go film uh the Ezra Levant show right away. So I think we're all wrapped up. Is that right Olivia?
0: Yes, we are. Okay. Well, uh speaking of Olivia, thanks to her and Ephron and Danny uh, behind the board there, and of course, special thanks to Sheila gunn Reid, looking so dapper in that jacket. I really like it. And uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in, especially those who gave us some do re mi. It's how we pay the bills here. We don't do direct withdrawal from your uh, paycheck like the mainstream media does. Uh, there'll be two new rebels here uh, tomorrow uh, for the live stream starting at 12 noon Eastern. In the meantime, as always, folks, stay sane.
1: Mr. Speaker, we understand that passport renewal requests have greatly peaked since uh, the end of travel restrictions. And so Passport Canada staff are working day and night relentlessly to deliver passports to Canadians. We understand that people are facing unacceptable delays. This is very difficult, but we will continue to work day and night to rectify the situation and we will rectify it.